Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Lawrence Holmes. Noon to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score. And 670thescore.com. In Odyssey Station. James Fegan. Yes, James. James Fegan's got some branding on his laptop. Making sure everybody knows that he's joined the Athletic. Can never get too much exposure. On Twitter at JR Fegan. I can anticipate this question. It's probably way too early, but excellent. Too soon. <laughs> too soon. Asking the questions to get the answers you need. If you knew that Abreu was available to be the runner there, would you have gone to him instead of Hendrick? Yeah, if I'd known that, I didn't know that. Let's check the rule. I'm guessing you know the rules better. Now I know. James Fegan with Lawrence Holmes on 670 The Score. score, 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 score. Yeah, James Fegan's been getting a lot of screen time on Sox broadcasts, much to his chagrin. Although his family loves it, and I think it's a good thing that his family loves it. They look forward to seeing him on television. I look forward to having him on this radio show. He joins me on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline. Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, some of the world's largest sports book. He joins me from Kansas City as the White Sox get ready to play game one of their doubleheader. Dylan Cease will pitch for the South Side Nine. So, James, how are you enjoying being a television star? Um, well, my aunt's happy, so I guess that's, that's all that matters at the end of the day, right? Yep, pretty much. Like, that's that's very key. I, I had a similar experience with my aunt, and she would tell people that I was on the TV. And it didn't matter where I was on the TV, just that I was on the TV. And she liked it. So it's good that your family gets a chance to see that. I, I saw some interesting quotes that you you put out on Twitter at J.R. Fegan is where you can find him on The Athletic from Ethan Katz in the White Sox rotation. I'm not willing to say that they have a glut of starters right now because it was only one performance from Johnny Cueto, but how will the White Sox approach as guys get healthier what they do with their rotation? I mean, I think Ethan would probably agree with you um, having just talked to him is that most of these problems about like how will we handle all these healthy, effective players, you know, tend to get worked out 
um, with you know injuries popping up. The fact that you know right now they're going to have a guy they just called up who's had two games at AAA because things pop up like Lucas Giolito getting COVID, which obviously is, is still. You know, obviously he's been cleared and he's back and he's in the clubhouse, but there's a lot more masks being worn around. There's, you know, there's a level of concern that that's something that can pop up and cause, you know, little delays or unavailabilities. I, I think if we were really face that scenario, you probably think that maybe Vince Velasquez is maybe the guy who has more flexibility to go to the bullpen uh, than anybody else. Just because he was kind of already came into camp prepared to handle that type of swingman role. Uh, then maybe say asking Dallas Keuchel to do it off, off the jump. But, you know, they're also looking at a situation where, you know, we just saw Michael Kopech have his lowest velocity of the season. He's getting an extra day, and, you know, some of that's built in from uh, paternity leave. But they've already talked about they're going to skip his turn at points in the season. And if anything, this kind of gives them the flexibility to do that uh, just outright and still have five guys rather than worrying about, like, oh, man, we're just going to be overloaded with starting pitching and we have to cut somebody to the bullpen forever. And, you know, there will be no other opportunities to fill in at any point. Okay. What do you make of, of what Dallas Keuchel has said about wanting to go deeper into games and Tony LaRusso's response to it? It was very blunt. Um, I, I went over to Dallas yesterday kind of wondering if this was going to be a prolonging of kind of the back and forth of uh, a little bit of disconnect about how he's perceived. Listen, I know it's not going to come off well from him saying it given that he struggled, but Dallas Keuchel doesn't get to be Dallas Keuchel. He thinks he's anything less than, um, you know, the fattest dude in the world. He throws 87, he has to compete against major league hitters. He has to have a very high view of himself and a lot of confidence about what he is. If he's on the mindset of, like, my stuff's diminished or my command's gone, but hopefully I can scrap it out as a fifth starter, you know, he, he's lost before he goes out there. So he's going to have the mindset of, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm back to what I was and I deserve that. Uh, but at the same time, Tony very essentially making the right call. He's dealing with two-run games, you know, seemingly all the time, trying to protect the threadbare lead. And and Dallas has not, you know, shown in the past year and a half that he's somebody who's, you know, that you want to put out there at the absolute end of his outing and have him protecting a one true-run game. You know, he said, all right, if they were up 6 nothing in that game, Dallas Keuchel pitches the six against the Yankees, no problem. But their, their offense is just not giving them the leeway to kind of build these guys back or, or give them – all the ropes that they would necessarily want. It, it, it's, it's kind of the source of all the problems. Heck, I think it's the reason he batted Andrew Vaughn ninth the other night. It's not what I would do. I'm not going to endorse it as a good decision, but that's the type of stuff you see managers start doing when they think, man, Tim Anderson's one of the few guys I have hitting. What can I do to put runners on so that he's actually an RBI situation so that we're not generating offense? Uh, the, the more that kind of puts pressure on anything, everything, the more kind of you know, desperate situations or decisions you start seeing made. What should or will the White Sox consider doing if Jose Abreu continues to struggle? He was kind of asked that today, and I don't think they really see a scenario. He said that in his career, it's been so rare that he feels like somebody who's just produced consistently has just been bad to the point where he had to do something. That it's usually he feels it's something about, you know, there's an underlying injury, and ultimately the, the the method is to rest him more, or to you know address that, or if it's fatigue, or start giving him more off days, or trying to DH him more. He's referenced trying to make him DH a few times, and obviously he'll DH in the second half of this doubleheader, and then sometimes Jose has rolled right on and played first base the next day after he said something like that. I think you'd see a lot more measures to rest him, but 
I think, especially the way Tony talked about Jose, talked about even Yasmani Grandal, I don't know if there's like a big counter move they have in play to say in June, all right, this guy's no good anymore, we're going to move on. I, I think they're kind of, you know, committed to these guys to the bitter end because that's the way the team is built to one degree and also just this is the manager who has just extreme confidence, confidence in proven veterans uh, to a way that could be a fall if they never turned around. It's kind of on them. I, I've been wondering, and you're in that clubhouse every day talking to these guys, with Abreu specifically, because of what he means to recent White Sox history and, and these guys that are coming up and, and hopefully in, moving into their prime right now, do you think it would damage this team if he couldn't figure it out? And I, I don't mean just from a statistical standpoint. Do you think there's something about like seeing Superman get punched out that could affect the rest of these guys if he doesn't bounce back? Uh, yeah, I, I think it could. I, I certainly think it would be something that'd be hard to handle if he actually got, you know, demoted bench in some way. Which I again cannot stress enough. I do not see happening in any kind of immediate future. Um, but Tony actually said today that he'd been asking around people who kind of watch the more. Like, have you seen stretches like this from a Brayu before? And they said, yeah, it'll have. Love sluggish periods. You know, periods where he thinks he's a little off. Um, and he's been trying to place it in context to say, like, yeah, this team has seen him go through stretches. And, you know, that's part of why, you know, the past couple of days, the Brady has been just pretty loud and pretty uh, joking and in a good mood in the clubhouse with the idea that he's seen things better and he feels like he's close to getting back. So I, I think, if anything, they're at a point where we've been through this before and, you know, he's going to be fine, still kind of mode before. I think we'd have to stretch on another month, six weeks before they're like, you know, what's up with him? James Feagan of The Athletic joining me here as we talk about the White Sox. They're taking on the Royals in two games today. The first game will be coming up in a little bit. What should we take away from Johnny Cueto's performance last night? Well, I still think based on his recent track record, what you really hope from Johnny is, you know, what you got his last year in San Francisco is somebody could, you know, give you league average innings. Uh, you know, in, in a pretty good supply, someone who works quickly and efficiently enough that they can get through six pretty quickly. Um, and the way you get league average innings, especially if maybe you're somebody who maxes out at 93 when you're really reaching back, is you slice through bad lineups when given the opportunity uh, with craft and execution. And he certainly did that last night. I don't know if that means he's going to go and pitch on Sunday at the Yankees and still can be seats, but as an example, and just dominate the best lineup in baseball, but he if you're trying to sell me on what he can do and what he provides, his team is certainly part of depth. I think last night was a pretty big proof of concept of just the consistency of the strike throwing command and what he's able to do to, to make low 90s really play up uh, against you know, a pretty bad offense. The offense yes. that literally fired their hitting coach today before the game. So I think <laughs> if he's slicing up bad teams, he's going to shake out to the type of guy you want. I think if he was having trouble with these type of rural lineups, then you start to wonder, all right, well, how, how how consistently is it all going to really click for him if, uh, you know, teams like that can take him apart? Yeah, and, and I, I kept – I was, like, sitting there looking going, well, wait a minute, doesn't this set it up so that he ends up starting against the Yankees this weekend? And you're like, oh, then we'll get a better sense of exactly how much his stuff plays against decent or good teams. Yeah, I, I think part of it is um, how Steve looks today and whether he looks like somebody that – hey, maybe it'd be a good thing for him to get an uh, extra day or, you know, he looks like he looks against the Angels. 
maybe it's more of an idea that your best shot is to throw him against New York uh, this weekend and, and just give Johnny that home debut when he comes back. I was talking about this on yesterday's show, and, and I'm, I would love to know what they said about Michael Kopech's start. Because it was a dominant start except for one inning where he lost command. What happened there, and uh, do they look at it as a positive that he lost command, then regained it, and and was dominant against a lineup that's really good? I think it was more of a, well, it was good that he kept his head, because he was obviously very upset in the dugout after that second inning, and it was good that he showed that he could mix around his fastball location enough um, and had enough ride on it to kind of get through that lineup as much as he did, but generally was not a good day in terms of he looked out at think he could not command his, his secondary stuff um, as well as he needed to to really use it or rely on it, and obviously his velocity was down. And, you know, related or not to just him being on leave anyway, he's going to get his first kind of extended, you know, extra rest in response to that. So I don't think in terms of, like, in terms of the character of Michael Kopech, it, it was a good day in, in terms of resilience. But as far as him being a great pitcher or dominant, it's probably going to be the consistency of his ability to refine his mechanics and execute and, and be synced up. And so for that end, it was more of a struggle. But if you know him struggling gets you through you know decent outings and not blowups, you know obviously that, that speaks well to him. But it also it wasn't a step forward in terms of him looking like he, he needs to be you know to be that top of the rotation guy at the end of the season. But we knew there were going to be bumps in the road during the season since first season started. Luis Robert is on a 14-game hit streak. He pretty much wins them the game last night. How does he explain why he's so locked in right now? <laughs> it really doesn't. He just says, I'm doing the same thing I'm always doing. It's just going well right now. Uh, he's a funny guy. Like, even through an uh, you know, interpreter, it's just it's like I, I'm, I'm – keen in on the same pitches I'm always keen I uh, have the same focus I always have but right now the hits are dropping that, that's, that's all I'll really say about it just, you know he's a guy who you know is kind of in the mode of a Brayu of just how simply he tries to keep everything as far as talking about what he does with the play he, he's someone who you know he doesn't like all the like a ton of advanced information he told me at the start of the season like I want to know what guy throws and how hard and that's about it because everything else that's the way I came up playing in Cuba and everything else is you know, kind of cloudy me out of what I want to do with the plate. So he doesn't have a long, you know, thorough or, you know, analytical explanation of it. He's just like, I'm saying it's just what I've always been, and right now it's good, and sometimes it'll be bad, and that's baseball. Why haven't we seen Yasmani Grandal draw walks this season? I don't know. Like, it's still probably one of the best rates on the team, but it's not as, uh, you know, last year when he did that at such a, you know, just inhuman high rate, it was about he kind of wasn't feeling super comfortable driving the ball and probably made him a bit more passive than he would like to be um, overall. I, I don't think he's quite gone through that same thing. Obviously, some degree of that approach really helped and made him really disciplined and really made him consistent on base, whereas now he, he feels confident physically enough to drive the ball, but has gone through the stretch of really being on the ground and not you know, being on time the way he would want to be uh, on off-speed pitches and recognizing them. So I, I think 
the, the major thing is that he, he doesn't have this huge physical impediment that's keeping him from being timing, but it's, it's also kind of taken away from what we thought was a, a really awesome setup that you know served him well when he was starting to drive the ball second half last year. Where does Kauffman Stadium rank for you as visiting places to go? I love the actual ballpark. I love the uh, the food here. Um, and I, I think it looks great. I know they're probably looking to do a new stadium pretty soon. It's usually a lot of staying here. I either, you either have to rent a car, it's not downtown, it's not close to the airport, or you do what I do, which is you stay in a hotel across the freeway and then run for your life to cross traffic uh, to get clubhouse, which uh, my editor will be very unhappy to hear that I'm still doing. But it saves money and, uh, you know, I think, you know, seeing a, a, a semi-truck coming at you, uh, you know, once a year uh, kind of gets, puts things in perspective. Oh, my God, James, don't be out there doing Frogger for baseball coverage. Yeah, but you're like, if you played Frogger at the same level for constantly, you would just get really good at it. It's not like it's getting harder. So I'm just, I'm, I'm leveling up while the game isn't getting harder. Oh, my so, God. Like playing Frogger level one, like for, for, you know, six years. Okay. Well, I'm glad that you're still with us. Have a good rest of your trip for the next four games, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, well, you know, we'll see about that. See how I make it to the week. Let's see about that. That is James Fegan of The Athletic. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.